Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 373 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, because you thought of an idea that we didn't have to do anything exciting and difficult for today. Struggle has been real this month, like the last few weeks. Listen, fellow nerds, we have a whole bunch of stuff planned for the rest of the month. That's great. Anytime there's a Monday off, I feel like it throws both of our vibes because we just stare at each other like, hey, it's already Wednesday. Tomorrow's Thursday. Yep. And when we started this experiment, when you had the idea to have a podcast, we're like, I was the idiot who was like, what if we did two a week? That's right. In addition to our jobs. That's right. Um, That was you. It was me. So (laughs) here's what we're going to do. Actually, here, do you want to tell people what we're going to do while I look at what what episode that other one was? I just told you. In the Slack channel. <laughs> Did you? Seconds ago? Okay. Seconds ago. <laughs> All right. Well, while I'm looking at Slack, would you like to tell people what we're going to do? So, because we have no idea. <laughs> we don't have any new ideas. We're actually going to do a rerun episode, which I know sounds awful, but I think this is only the second time we've done it. So, we've actually done, we've been pretty good about it. Um, we're actually, so for the, our long-time listeners, like long-time listeners, this goes back, I don't even, like... Two, episode 154. Episode 154, so like over 200 episodes ago, Adam and I did a Saturday bonus episode after the Chapter 1 It movie came out. Yeah. We're, that's all we talked about. <laughs> we literally, we both saw it, and then we were like, we need to talk about this immediately, because it's so good. Yes. And Chapter 2 is coming out. And Chapter 2 is coming out tomorrow. By the time this goes up. Correct. Yes. So um, we're just going to play that episode again for you. Yeah, because this way, we obviously don't have any spoilers for It Chapter 2 because neither of us have seen it. We're not fancy enough to get screen. We get- we're not. I feel like we probably talk about some of the stuff because I've read the book, but... But, I mean, there's we don't have any don't, idea correct. what's going to be in the movie. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a recap of the first one. So if you want to go see the next movie and you don't want to watch the first one again, we're your perfect way to uh to do that so just a heads up you're going to hear the intro from the last one the reason being jill found the greatest introduction music ever so you will not hear our normal introduction music you will hear something that i think is even better yep in fact i believe we got like itunes or like we got some kind of messaging from people that were like that is messed up probably yeah so it was great um as a reminder, Reading Ebook Day is September 18th. Celebrate that with us. Go to readingebookday.com. Talked about that the last couple episodes, though. So anything else you think people should know about? I don't think so. All right. Well, enjoy this uh, ooh, Throwback Thursday episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hiya, Georgie. Uh, welcome to episode 154, the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Send my overdrive. This is Adam. Hey, Jill. Hi, Adam. We're doing a bonus episode. We are doing a bonus episode. Okay. I'm just going to tell everyone why. So, we're going to talk about it right now. And the reason we're doing a bonus episode is because Thursday's episode was memoirs, and the episode in of itself was a little bit longer. And I asked before we started recording the intro, I was like, we probably shouldn't talk for a long time because it's a long episode. Then I proceeded to talk for a long time because I have so much to say about it, the movie, which we both have seen. Yes. And it's incredible. Yes. So you were very, very smart and said, why don't we just do a bonus episode? Because, hey, it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. 
Yes, we can. So if you guys love Stephen King, which if you're a fan of Jill's, you will be a fan of Stephen King. This episode is for you. If you're not a fan of Stephen King or the movie or the book It, then you can just wait till Monday's episode for a new one. But a lot to say. Yeah. It's so good. Yes, it is. It, it, I'm going to try that. I'm going to be, this is going to be weird because I'm going to say things that I just said to you, but it wasn't recorded anymore. So Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, the dancing clown, is the best character I have seen on a screen since Keith Ledger's Joker. And I did tweet that as us, but I just want to reiterate it for people who don't follow us on Twitter. I can't, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Yes. Um. No, I would I would agree. You know, like I I'm a huge Tim Curry fan and have been for a very 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 long Same. time. Same. Um and so I have always loved Tim Curry's Pennywise. He freaks me out so much in that film. But Bill Skarsgård is a completely different Pennywise mm-hmm. in a very good way and I think he did that on purpose. You know, like knowing yeah. how attached people are to Tim Curry's um, Pennywise. Like I, I remember telling one of our coworkers, Jack, here about it. How, and I think I told you that. You told, yeah, I was gonna say the way you described them, you um, told me too. Curry's Pennywise is very much like he seems like a real guy in a clown costume. Like he's just this guy who just happens to live in a drain and is like, dressed like a clown, and it's totally normal. You like, know that like, old story. But like, just like he's a guy in a clown costume. Skarsgård Pennywise is a thing pretending to be a guy in a clown costume. Like, there's very much something not of this world to him. Something is just a little off. Like, he doesn't know how he's supposed to behave because he's not actually... You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to not, like, give everything away. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, there's... I mean, he's a clown who lives in a drain. I mean, obviously, there's not... He's, like... He's a monster. He's the villain. But, yeah. But there's there's just little things. I jokingly told. I was I went and saw it with my wife and my sister. There was like 10 of us going. Um, and I was I jokingly told my wife, we were sitting down right as the movie started. For anyone who is, this isn't a spoiler, but for anyone who has seen the original It or read the book, the first line that Pennywise Dancing Clown says is, Hiya, Georgie. And I literally looked at my wife. I was like, if he doesn't say that getting out of the theater and I'm walking away because I didn't same thing I didn't want it to be Bill Skarsgård trying to be Tim Curry trying to be Pennywise I wanted it to be his own thing but I also wanted him to say that he does nails it but then there's just these little nuanced things in like even that first scene where he's talking to Georgie and like he is like drooling and like his just he has this like like you said otherworldly something is off yeah something is off yeah I couldn't but I literally could not take my eyes off of him when he was on screen. I wanted more of him. Um, but there, there's so many other parts of the story, like the, the, the losers, the, the club of young people who, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of save the day. So, you know, the, the main human beings that the story is about. Not only are is the casting perfect of majority, relatively unknown young mm-hmm. like child actors, but Every single one of them is flawless. So good. Yeah. And they they did a, an incredible job of like, there's a lot of little side stories that you need to tell to make the end, you know, where they're confronting Pennywise together. Right. To make that 
to make it matter to you. There's literally, I'm trying to think, in the Losers Club, there's six of them? Seven of them? That's put me on the spot. <laughs> Bev, Mike, Richie, Bev, Bill, Ben. I think it's five. Well, five boys and, and Bev, right? Six? Maybe six. I think it's five boys and Bev. So, and all of them have different backgrounds that are touched on at least a little bit to give you a reason of like they show you what their fears are and it makes sense with what their fears are when they're confronting Pennywise and they also show you just like a little bit of their background of their life so that you're emotionally attached to six different people while they're fighting Pennywise and it's just that's hard to do and you know most movie plots have like an A plot and a B plot maybe a C plot this one it does it's brings them all together while also showing you separately why they are what they are. Have you read the book? I have not. Okay. Um, so for those who have read the book and have not seen the film, um, the... Well, okay, well, actually, it's going to be very long. It's going to be a lot longer than I planned on it a minute ago. But, um, so the book goes back and forth between the Losers Club and the Losers Club and his adults. Mm-hmm. They sort of, and this is how the the old um, TV miniseries from like the nineties or whatever. This is what they did. It went yeah. back and forth. Um, for this, they've split it up into. They're going to split it up into two. Although, um, so like the Losers Club, just the kids, is the first part, and it's a standalone. Like you don't, you know what I mean. Like it works on its own. I think they designed it that way in case it didn't. They were do hedging, well. yeah. They were hedging their bets. They're hedging their bets. They didn't have to do because it made a. They did not. The no, money. but uh, it stands on its own. Yeah, somebody. Um, one of our coworkers, I think Jack told me that, was it you? Maybe it was Jack who told me that they didn't add that chapter. Like at the very end, it says chapter one. They didn't add that until like the, like a week before the movie. Once oh. it started to get the hype, the hype. They're like, okay, we can actually do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this, it's, it's just the losers club as the kids. And for those who have read the books know that, um, there's a somewhat controversial scene in the sewers at the very end uh, that is not in the film. Yes. Um, which is fine. They have to kind of change it a little bit with regard to Bev's role, which I'm not crazy about. But um, that particular scene, not in it. Yeah. For those that know what I'm talking I, about. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read the book, but I... <laughs> there's enough. There's enough out there literature about it especially recently um, because of that particular scene and Stephen King kind of his, his comments are like, there's, there's like a clown murdering children and all anybody can talk about is this one particular scene at the very end of the book. But um, so that's not in there. And yeah, just as an FYI, I should clarify. Yeah. I should clarify. I haven't read the book, but I have done as much research on a book that I haven't read as you can humanly do. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I know all of the things that are in and not in. Yeah. Um, but there's just little tiny references to other things, like um, the the turtle. Uh, mm-hmm. oh, I love the turtle stuff. It was so subtle, yeah, but so, if you know to look for the turtle. Yeah, yeah, so in the book, there is a, a a turtle plays a very specific and important role, but it's a very uh, like otherworldly yeah. type of a story, and there's just these little subtle nods to it. And they, oh man, every single part of this movie to me it was perfect like i honestly wouldn't change any of it i um my one thing is is that m- the character of mike 
um, who is the uh, the African American. He he plays a much bigger role in the book that is not in this movie, which feels. Like, they gave a lot of his stuff to uh, Ben's character, which, I mean, in the context of Ben being the new kid, he doesn't have any friends. He's clearly mm-hmm. the kid who would, like, go to the library and do the research. That's fine. But, um, so they they took some of Mike's stuff away, which I don't like be- just because he seems kind of, oh, we have to... <laughs> he- we have to have the African-American kid because he's in it, but we're just not really going to do anything with him. His was the one that story. That was my one thing I don't like. Well, and so his, Mike's was the one story that it, um, I didn't think they did enough of the background. Like you find out his, his tragic backstory near the end, but you don't really, it, it does feel slightly out of place when they show him um, in like the factory that he works in. It, it feels like it's kind of thrown in there. But I do know that in the second chapter which they are filming mike's role will be very big and yeah he's the one who stays in dairy and well yeah no he does yeah he's the narrator of the, the book and like yeah he's the one who stays there he brings right. it all back but yeah just like how they treated him in the losers club because mm-hmm. like you know he's the one that kind of brings all this stuff like the, yeah. the films and the photos and all that stuff well and um what's the character's name who is like the eat like the the bully um, I think I think it's, oh yeah you're right because that's what he goes to carve and um into the but okay so the the actor who plays Henry I don't know him I I gotta give this kid credit yeah. because in a movie about an interdimensional murdering clown that is like all powerful and is basically eating children. I hated this child actor more than the clown who's murdering people. Like he was so good at being upsetting and like just, I I want to know that that kid is living a perfect actual childhood life just so that that's not, he has no connection to the character he plays in this because he is so infuriatingly good at being a bully. Yeah. And it like, and it's so the thing I liked about his aspect of this is like when you go see a horror movie like it's you know they focus a lot on like the gore or like the violence or like this the jump scares but like the most upsetting part about this is like how raw and edgy and angry he is and like just like when he's like carving his his name into someone's stomach with a knife or like threatening to hit Mike with a rock like he has so much anger in his like face and just incredible acting job yeah i think it's that's sort of you know the interesting juxtaposition of the story is that they you know the focus is sort of on this clown i mean he's not really a clown that's just how he presents himself but Mm -hmm. this evil being clown um pennywise pennywise yes thank you so they so the focus is on pennywise and whatever form he manifests himself but then they also have to deal with this very real bully who Literally kind of wants to kill them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not just your normal bully who beats you up and takes your lunch money. Like, no. he will literally do harm to you. Yeah. And, and yeah, when you sort of see his own family life. Yeah. Like, you feel bad for him, but you're like, no, you want. <laughs> you feel bad for him for like 90 seconds. For like seconds. 90 seconds. And then. <laughs> and then, it, yeah. But it is, it's weird to say, like, normally. I have a love hate relationship with scary movies. Like I love watching them, and but like I'm all I feel like I'm always holding my breath, waiting for like when you turn the corner in a room, 
they're, they're, the thing is going to be there. It's like very much like the best movie that has ever done this is Alien, where you like you never know where it's going to come from, and when it does, it scares the crap out of you. I had that feeling with this, but it wasn't for Pennywise. It was for Henry. It was like, oh, God, they're going to drive downtown, and they're going to see the bully. Like Again, forget the interdimensional murdering clown. I, he was so... I, I want to see that actor play a happy role just so, like, in my mind I can know, like, okay, well, he's not going to be typecast as the world's most angry, violent child. Well, I think it's because, you know, we know that Pennywise is not real. The kids know that Pennywise is not real. And that's sort of how they mm-hmm. can kind of stop him to a degree. Henry is real. Yeah. Like, Henry Bowers is a legitimate, real threat to them that they have to worry about every single day of their lives. Mm-hmm. They can't just tell him you're not real and make him go away. Yeah. They can't do that with him. So in the first uh, miniseries, and this is a nitpick of, of all nitpicks a little, but I'm curious on your thoughts in the first one. And then also in the book, I'm curious, like one thing that they didn't touch on too heavily here is why the parents and like the adults don't super acknowledge what's going on. They don't, there's not a lot of interaction. Like there's little things like one mother being a hypochondriac and trying to keep her son in yeah, the I house. Wish they had, yeah. I wish they had developed his story a little bit more too. Yeah. But so what, what were your thoughts? And in the book, I assume with it being a thousand pages, they go into more advanced, like why the, the kid, the adults of dairy don't address it. Um, I, I, I think that's actually just sort of the point. Like, he wanted to sort of set it up where these kids have to do it on their own. I don't think they make it quite as obvious in this movie that they're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think I think the kids feel a little more neglected in the... Or they seem a little... Like, this threat seemed a little more neglected in the book because there was more time to be like, why are the parents not doing... Like, why are people right. not doing anything? Um you know, there are other missing kids. This is like a, th- like they sort of put it in there um, that, you know, there are these other kids that have been missing and it's all kind of tied together. Um, but yeah, the parents don't play as big a role, I don't think, in this movie as I remember them uh, from the books. But I think it's actually set up that way. Like, I don't, you, like, that's the whole thing. Like, the kids, mm-hmm. this is a kid versus monster thing. Like, that, the kids have to yeah. do it. My my whole thought, and yeah, I agree. And like my my whole thought with it was, um, I was conf- and I was confused as to like why the kids weren't being like, why isn't any parent noticing? Like obviously, with, there's a scene with Bev where something horrible happens, and there are remnants of it in the room she's in, and her dad can't see it. Oh god, that's that. You know what? That is that scene is the worst scene for me, and I imagine it's actually. Um, for a lot of uh, girls. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that, like, that's what Bev's whole fear is. And I distinctly, I I couldn't look at that. I couldn't watch that scene. Yeah. Like, of everything in the entire film. Yeah. That scene, both in this movie, the miniseries, and just the book. I'm like, I can't deal with that. Well, I think with her, <laughs> I think with her character, they do, that's, with Bev's character, they do the best job of, showing how isolated she is like she has no family that can help her her dad is a horrendous human being and so not only is he a horrendous human being and is a poses a real threat to her 
but he also can't see the things that are happening, which... Right. But I feel like that was the only real parental moment that it's like they can't see what's happening to us. It was like in like in Stranger Things, you know, which pays millions of homages to Stephen King. Because the directors couldn't get it. That's that's how Stranger Things happened. They Yeah. The two yeah, the guys they tried to get to direct this and they're like, No. She's like, All right, we're just yeah. gonna go do our own. Exactly. <laughs> but like in in that and again, same thing, like it's a series, so they had eight hours to build like they build out like why the parents aren't helping and then they do kind of help at the end sort of a thing where that was my only thought of this where it was like they didn't see and it's again it's not even that they don't help because i know that's part of it but like if they didn't even the kids didn't seem to be like why is no one else helping us like well i think like bev realized that maybe the parents can't see it like, yeah they just don't see that like mm-hmm. they can't see pennywise like they don't get it and yeah. so um you know, and I, I also feel like when you're at that age of, like, 12 to 13, you pretty much feel like you don't really need your parents anymore. So, mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just going to go do it on my own. Like, yeah. we can't, you know, get them. Yeah. I'm curious with the second chapter, the second half of it, I've seen things about how they're going to get more into Pennywise's origin um, I know in the book that they talk about, like, there is a very, it would have to be a CGI heavy scene where the kids figure out kind of what he is. But I think they're talking about maybe going even like more like, as opposed to even like what he is, like how he came to be. What do you, what are your thoughts on like them exploring that? Cause I think one of the biggest like things about the, about Pennywise and is the fact that like, you don't really know right his background it's kind of like the joker with in batman like one of the biggest things around him is this or like you don't know where he comes from and now they want to do an origin joker movie and it's like no that defeats the entire purpose like what are you what do you do you want to see that do you want it to be ignored i don't know if i have an opinion either way uh it would be interesting to see as long as it comes with king's approval um but I also, I think not knowing kind of adds a certain level of terror as well. Mm-hmm. So, I yep. mean, I'm not opposed to it. Mm-hmm. I love, I always do love, like, I think the most creepy, and horrifying horror movies and stories are the ones where there's, like, no justification for what things are happening. Like, there is, um, I think it's called Strangers. There's a movie, it's a home invasion movie. And I might be getting it wrong. I don't have a computer in front of me, but it's the one from a couple years ago where like all of the people who are invading the homes were like um, animal masks. Oh, that sounds right. I think it's the strangers. But the there's this line at the end where one of the people who they're about to kill is like, "Why are you doing this?" And the people are just like, "Cause you are home." Yeah. And it's the most upsetting line in like any movie ever. And that's kind of my thought about Pennywise and it. Like, I love the whole like, why why is he doing this? Like, because that's what he does. Right. That's that's what I mean. Yeah, so I don't know if I necessarily need an origin story, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I'm necessarily equally opposed to it either. Yeah. So that this movie in and of itself, like without Bill Skarsgård's, uh, you know, you, you know, being Penny, like without his acting job, it still would have been an incredible movie. But, like he literally is for the. I'd be curious to see how many minutes of screen time he actually has because I don't think it's a lot. It's not a lot, but 
every time he's on the screen. Like I, a scene would end with him, and I'd be like, man, I can't wait for the next scene with him. Um, if you see the movie, which if you've gotten this far on the podcast, I imagine that you are going to see the movie or have seen it. Um, if you don't know who Bill Skarsgård is, I suggest you watch Hemlock Grove, which is a kind of a vampire or a werewolf movie, or sorry, werewolf show that he is in, and he's fantastic in that. It's kind of where they found him, but um, yeah, it's his portrayal of Pennywise to take on a on a such a famous role and just make it your own and absolutely crush it. Agreed. Blew me away. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, even. Like it, it kind of feels like a coming of age summer nostalgia film. Yeah, when they updated as well, which I was, which makes perfect sense. Like once I realized that, because um, the the book, it, the the Losers Club is in like the late fifties, and then um, it's the the late eighties then for the adults, and they've updated it to like nineteen eighty nineteen eighty eight, I think something like that. And then so the when it come when it comes back in 27 years or whatever. It'll be around now. Yeah. Which made, yeah, I was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. That's the, I'm actually really interested now with the second chapter is, you know, one of the biggest parts of how Pennywise works is the fact that he can isolate people and he can, you know, even like the Losers Club throughout the movie that we've already seen, he initially does this, like, the, his he's successful initially because he pulls them apart from each other and they're by themselves. So I'm curious with how it will be. I hope they and I, I it's in good hands. They have my trust, but I hope they don't like. I want them to address social media and things like that, but I do not want it to be like, oh, did you see this viral video of this clown like uh, in the sewer? I'm yeah, more because it's any movie you do, like any modern age horror movie, you have to address like the fact that oh well. You know, if there's a cabin in the woods. What? Why wouldn't they just call somebody? Oh, because they have no Wi-Fi. They have no service. Like you have. There's always like one or two lines at the beginning of all the movies that are new age, where it's like, oh, here's the reason that I can't just tweet. I'm being attacked. Please, someone help me. It's funny. I was actually just watching. Um, Stephen King is everywhere right now. Yeah, he everywhere. Is. And uh, I was watching the trailer for Gerald's Game, which is going to be a Netflix movie, and uh, they start to address that a little bit in one of the scenes because it was not set in the time of cell phones and. Um, so the trailer at least kind of updates it to yeah. include that element, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's why I'll be really curious to see because they didn't need to worry about that for the original miniseries A because it came out, you know, like 1990 and this stuff didn't exist, and also that you know 1950s clearly doesn't right didn't matter. So um, yeah, I it's so rare for us to have something that we were like we need to have a bonus episode about it, but this. This is, we'll probably do a few more of these in the coming months if things deserve it. But I can't think of anything else coming out that super deserves. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. We'll have to see. Okay. Um, Anything else that you want to talk about with it that I. You guys should read the book. Mm hmm. Did you see the tweet that Stephen King sent out? No. Stephen King tweeted, he's like, for all of you wondering what happens in the second chapter, if you can't, and you can't wait to see the next part of the movie. You could read the book, just saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, Stephen King. Uh, oh, Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, for those who don't know, uh, the splitting it up as they've done is, is you know, 
just an interesting choice. I mean, I approve of the choice. I love that they split it up versus going back and forth. But, you know, you're going to get hit right in the beginning with what happens to these characters when mm-hmm. they get older. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, seeing what has become of them. But, um, man. Oh, it's so good. I I saw it almost a week ago at this point. I can't stop thinking about it. I want to go I back and see go it. Back. I know. Yeah. Just take the take a half day and go see it again. <laughs> yes, let's cool. do it. We'll get the. It'll be an outing for yeah. everybody. All right. Well, if you guys made it this far and you want to, you know, if you we we had a few people when we did the Game of Thrones um, kind of wrap up that we did after our monthly episode. We got some good feedback. People said that they enjoyed that and would love to hear us talk about other stuff like that. So. If you enjoyed this, let us know. Shoot us a message. And if you did like this and you want to send us a tweet at ProBookNerds or an email at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. If there's other literary things out in the world that you would like, I would wonder what Adam and Jules' takes are. Let us know what you would love to hear us talk about in addition to obviously the book recommendations and the interviews. Because like I said, it's our our podcast. (laughs) We, We added a third episode this week just so that Jill and I could not only talk about it for a half hour during the workday, but justify it by recording it. So let us know. Pretty much. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful day and that you're all floating down here and all those things. And bye, Georgie. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.